What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Shardog.com. And today we are looking ahead to Bellator 291, which goes down in the beautiful Republic of Ireland. Maybe not so beautiful Dublin, but you know, this is a maybe. <laughs> The West Coast biased in me here, giving out about double. But anyway, um, it is uh, it is an interesting card, uh, a, a very full card, a high quality card at times. Uh, if not, maybe the card that the Irish public or the the Irish fan base for Bellator might have um, might have fully wanted. And uh, th- I think the reason behind that is all the big Irish stars are not in this. All the big Irish stars who we would want to see on this card or not necessarily on it. Maybe the fights that the Irish fighters are in or maybe not necessarily in the fights that myself covering the sport in Ireland and a lot of the, the fans watching the sport in Ireland uh, would necessarily have wanted to see him in. And uh, that led to a little bit of disappointment. But the closer we get to it, the more that we look at the fights, there is some good matchmaking in this. There are some good fights. And uh, I don't think it's one to be drabber or dreary about. But when you have James Gallagher in a big fight against Leandro Higo, that fight has uh, uh, announced by myself has uh, has fallen through now, unfortunately. But that fight was announced not on this card. Liam McCourt announced to be fighting Katz and Gano, not on this card. And you could argue that those are the two biggest fights coming up for Irish fighters in Bellator, and neither of them are on the big Ireland card. That was very very disappointing. I think um, the last time Sinead Kavanagh fought, she was promised a title shot. Yet. She's in this third from the top against someone she already fought, and you know it's a good match. Uh, match, and there's nothing wrong with it and all that. But it's not, I think, what a lot of people would have hoped for. Maybe they would have hoped to see her fighting Cyborg in a rematch or something like that. Carl Moore beat a ranked opponent last time out. Coming in here, he's fighting on the undercard against Magic Rosansky, who is a very, very good fighter, but not, you know, a ranked far, a fighter to push him forward. You beat the number six in the world the last time out, or seven, sorry, you think you'd be fighting maybe the number six, maybe the number ten or eight or something like that, but he's fighting a non-ranked opponent. I spoke to John Cavan about that, I understand that, but I'm just giving you kind of maybe um, a flavour of why the Irish fans are a little bit disappointing. Brian Moore, another one, he called out Leandro Higo after the last card, Leandro Higo accepted um, it seemed to be a fight that was easy to make, and then they, you know, they didn't make it. And now Brian's fighting uh, Luca Iveen in the middle of this card on the undercard again. And I feel like Brian is one of the guys who probably deserves a higher spot, if not the, the you know, it's not a main card spot. Then the, I think the, the probably the top of the undercard not getting that again. I think a lot of the Irish fans uh, are a little bit disappointed with that. So that that's kind of I suppose the the, the main talk of mine and the main disappointments I suppose for the Irish crowd uh, coming into this one, but. We leave that to the side, and we'll actually talk about the card, and we'll uh, we'll break it down here because um, yeah, I've been doing a few like preview podcasts over in Severe May for this and things, and and looking forward to it. Obviously, going to be going up there, uh, covering it, and talking about it here, and talking about the betting show and other places, studying this card. And you know what? It's a very, very, very exciting card, and we'll go we'll go through it. Um, you know, mostly fight by fight. I won't go through every fight in in detail, but a lot of the Irish guys, I suppose, with uh, that that I know very well, I'll, I'll describe them to you, and uh, we'll uh, we'll get through it. So let's, uh, I suppose, let's let's do that. Um, the first few fights on on the night there are, uh, I suppose, um, you know, a, a batch of fights not containing ten and Irish people, which I'm glad they've kind of top loaded. Uh, or bottom loaded as the case, the, the case may be here, because sometimes they they put on these fights in the middle of the card, and it's really kind of it pulls the Irish uh, crowd out of it. So I'm glad they've kind of put them on uh, the early part of this card. Um, 
those fights I suppose to, to name them would be Stephen Hill uh, against Joel Zhujanja uh, Gokem Sakram against uh, Oleg Popov although Sakram has fought in Ireland a couple of times now and has got a couple of knockouts so maybe he's gaining a bit of uh, a bit of notoriety here uh, Kassan Megamed Sharapov who's obviously the brother of uh, Zabi he's fighting Raphael Hudson who fought Kieran Clark the last time out and then we have uh, Alina Kalindu against uh, Jinnah Bishop um there are, you know, there are a couple of others, I suppose, thrown in there as well. A couple of fights off as well and changed. I believe the Oliver Incamp fight uh, is off. The Lucy Berthoff fight is off. Um, and, you know, there's been a few changes, I suppose. Around, now is around the time that, that, they, uh, that they start to happen, I suppose. But let's get into the, some of the Irish people and some of the, the you know, Bellator's real up and comers here. You know, I may have mentioned uh, Kazan Magomed Sharapov. Uh, he fought in Ireland the last time. Didn't impress maybe as much as, as people would have thought possibly, but uh, massive opportunity against, against Rafael Hudson. He looked really good last time out against Kieran Clark. Um, and, you know, almost beat Kieran Clark in the night. And it was a very, very good performance from him. And uh, that's going to be, you know, Rafael Hudson is only 6-4, and four, but that's... Um, that's a tough fight for someone like Megamed Sharapov, I think, especially with the way Hudson can hit. He's been training over in SBG for the last while as well. Um, and and I'm, I don't think he's been there constantly, but he he was over. I spoke to Karen Clark about it as well in the interview. I did him. If you haven't seen that, please check it out. It'll be interesting to see that. But on the Irish side of it then, uh, Dara Kelly is, I suppose, the first big Irish prospect on the card at 2-0. Uh, he's fighting uh, Draval Jordan. Uh, coming out of uh, of France, who is uh, two and two when he's last one. Um, this was, I think, this was a fight that was made before, if I'm not mistaken, and it fell through. Um, Dara Kelly in his last fight, uh, it was here in the uh, in the tree arena at the uh, Bellator two eight five card. After fighting on the Bellator two seven five card to start his career, had a brilliant win that night. Won in less than two minutes uh, with the uh, with a guillotine. But against Kai Stevens last time out, he he uh, and you know what it was it was a not a great display. Although he won every round, I won the decision easy. But what I loved about that afterwards was he came out and he was really disappointed in himself. He was saying like I was watching the fight and I was thinking, oh, you know, this isn't the best display in the world from there. I kind of talked to him up before. It said this guy is a really, really, really good. Uh, athlete, he's a really good fighter. I think he could be one of the best up and coming prospects. And then watch the fight, and I'm like, oh god, this guy. Uh, <laughs> am, I, am I right? Am I not this guy? But I was like, am I right? Am I after calling something wrong here? But he came out afterwards, and he's like, no excuses. I didn't perform well. I'm never going to let that happen again. I'm never going to perform like that again. Come out afterwards, he didn't really. He didn't make the excuse, but he said, I think he was sick in the lead up to the fight. He's like, that's not no excuse. I should have performed anyway. And I. I love hearing things like that. I, there's nothing more I love than seeing a guy winning unanimously and then coming out afterwards and going, "Oh, that was terrible," <laughs> you know, because that's that's the real sign of a winner. You know, you you know, John Kavanagh's book is is win or learn. <laughs> when you win and learn, that's even better. And you know, he's a very very good uh, amateur record as well. Beat Solomon Simon on the top uh, Irish amateurs. Beat Constantine Blanita, who as well is a really really good fighter. Um, you know who's turned pro since then as well uh, as an amateur. So very good record there. And you know I, I think um, this is actually down a weight at featherweight, which I'm so surprised. I'm looking forward if Dar. I'm not sure if Dar is at the media day or not, but asking him about that because he was a big lightweight. Like he was one of the most. So look up a picture of Derek Ellie MMA. You'll find one. Maybe we can get it on screen here. Um, this guy, an absolute brick shithouse. An absolute monster muscle machine. 
And the fact that he's gone down in weight, and honestly, it shocked me. I think I, I think I broke the news of this fight, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and uh, I'd ask a couple of times, like, are you sure this is at featherweight? And it is, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. You know, that weight cut's going to be big. I, I would I would harbor a bet. And um, that's a very, very interesting move. A very interesting move. Like, if you were to ask me, Derek Kelly moved in weight, I would have said probably up rather than down. So very interesting there. Um the next prospect from Ireland is going to be Kenny Mukhanahana. He's fighting Craig McIntosh. McIntosh uh, is uh, is four and uh, three. He's fighting out of higher level uh, over in uh, over in Scotland, which is a very very you know high level gym. Um, as I said, you know he he's had some tough fights to open up his career, and his first five fights he fought Chris Bungard and Paul McBain has been fighting. You know, made his uh, debut back in two thousand and fourteen. Fought 2016, then he wasn't seen again until 2021, has gone one and one since when his last fight in 23 seconds via Brabo Chuck. So he's getting the, um, uh, you know, he's getting the, the shot here over in Bellator, and it's a big fight against uh, Kenny. Uh, if you don't know Kenny, he's a, a really fun guy, only 26 years of age. He's actually the brother of Franz Malambo, who, uh, you know, he won the last Combatches um, Championship. He, um, you know, he's fought in Bellator, one of McGregor's main training partners and a really, really talented guy. He's going to be in the, the next series of the uh, the PFL. And, um, you know, Kenny is a guy who's fought in the Irish scene for a good long while now making his amateur debut. I think all the way back in 2015 or, or something like that. Fought some really good guys up and coming in the amateurs as well. The likes of Ryan O'Connor, John Mitchell, who's in the PFL now as well. And, and, and many others made his debut against... Um, uh, against Adam Shelley, who's fighting Dean Barry in the upcoming Cage Warriors card, and he's won, you know, four fights st- since then. Uh, last fight uh, was on the Belter Two Eight Five as well, uh, card against uh, Alex Bodner and won by submission. So all four of his fights by submission so far. He's big, rangy, tall. I'm looking forward. You know, we've seen Kenny in four fights so far, and we've oh, we've hardly seen him in in four rounds. You know, we've hardly seen him in four minutes. Never mind, never mind uh, that many. So there's a lot more to see from Kenny here. I think. But he looked good. He's looked really, really good so far. So definitely one to keep an eye on too coming out of uh, SBG. Um, we've uh, Elena Callendu against Jenna Bishop then, Liam McCracken uh, against Asiel Aju and Andy Manzolo uh, against Norbert Navigny Jr. Just a quick word on a couple of them. Um, Liam McCracken is a very, very good prospect at 3-0, uh, fighting out of uh, HA MMA in... Um, uh, over in uh, I think it's in Manchester, if I'm uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, they have some you know some very good fighters out of there. Ashley Reese and Bobby Pallet and uh, uh, Connor Hignett and a few others as well coming out of uh, coming out of that gym, um, and you know they'll be looking to come in here and and, and take a scalp against Asela Jews. I spoke to Peter Queeley, uh I think it was before the Vincent Henderson fight, and I I remember I asked him. Uh, if you were to name one guy out of the gym, who the next best up and comer will be? Who would it be? And he, the name he told me is Asel uh, Azuj. Uh, he's four and one now. The one loss he has on his card is against the aforementioned Constantine Planeta. That was the opener for uh, Bellator two forty, the Liam McCourt Juliet Ruiz card. I remember watching that and thinking to myself, that's one of the most high level. Um, Ono versus Ono fights I've ever seen, and I think I think maybe I'm mistaken. But Brian Miner was a referee in this, and I think I was talking to him afterwards, and he he was kind of saying as well, God, that level of that was frighteningly good, and it really really was. Um, 
And you know, I think Constantine's actually coming back soon. Um, in uh, in Cage Wars, if I'm not mistaken, fighting a team mine, a very very good fighter. And Asel has gone on and won, won all four uh, of his fights since then, fighting a couple of times in Bellator, a couple of times in UAE Warriors, beating Jordan Barton with a head kick last time out. And this is going to be a very, very interesting fight. Like, Liam McCracken isn't coming in here to make up the numbers. By no means, I saw a few people send a fancy Liam to win that over on Twitter. And so, so let, let's, see, uh, let's see if that happens. But very, very interesting fight. And that's one on the undercard. Definitely to look forward to. Um, Andy Manzolo and then Norbert Navini. First in Andy Manzolo, you know, 35 fights in his career, 38 years of age. Been around for a long, long time. And he's won three in a row um, uh, as well. So it's... Um, you know, it's not as if he's, uh, you know, he he's hasn't been winning or anything like that. He fought Charlie Ward, and he did lose to Charlie Ward, okay, back in uh, back in twenty twenty. But you know, he fought a lot of good fighters down through the years. Fought Ken Capine and has beaten Justin Moore. Fought you know Sean Lamas and uh, Lee Chadwick and and many many good fighters uh, down through the years. Costello Van Steenis as well he ended up losing that fight, but did did fight him and has fought some other really good fighters as well. So um, he's coming in here and he's fighting Nor- Norbert Navini Jr. Now um, this is Norbert's first fight coming off of a really really bad knee injury. Um, five and zero in his career so far. He's beaten Will Flory and a few others as well, and. Um, hasn't fought since the 1st of October 2020, so a long, long time out. Now, if you don't know Norbert Navinia Jr., you probably should. This is one of the top prospects on planet Earth, and I truly, truly mean that. Um, he can wrestle, he can strike, and not he can't just wrestle and strike. You know, everyone can wrestle and strike. He is top, top-level wrestling top top level striking his father was a you know Norbert Navinia Jr his father Norbert Navinia Sr uh, a really 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 top level fighter as well and brought him um, through and this guy look hopefully the knee will be okay maybe we'll you know in this one maybe don't expect as much as, as I'm talking about but in future this is a guy who's going to be a, a, a very 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 good and a very high level fighter so watch out for Norbert Navinia Jr um, we rise up the card in and Charlie Ward is fighting Mike Shipman in the middleweight division both guys uh, if they're not still ranked they've definitely been ranked recently you know Shipman has had some very very big fights he fought uh, against both Fabian Edwards and Costello Van Steenis uh, in 2019 only fought twice since then beat Pedro uh, Panini and lost to Gregory Baben um, back in Bellator 280 over in France uh, at the uh, in the um, the summer of last year, so he'll be looking to get back uh, to winning ways here for Charlie on the other side of it. Then as well, you know, he had a big fight against Fabian Edwards after winning three big fights in a row, one of which was beating Andy Manzolo, as uh, I mentioned a minute ago. Um, lost to Fabian in three rounds, kind of a weird fight that one. He'd be looking to get back as well to winning ways. I think this one is an interesting one because, um, Shipman likes to strike and he can strike and Charlie be liking to strike and he can strike but Shipman likes to take down at times Charlie likes to take down at times honestly I'm not sure which way this one will go I'm really really not sure which this which way this one will go um I, I like I do feel like someone is going to get I'm not sure someone will get the better of the striking and then the other guy whoever it is will go for an old takedown I feel, I feel like and if they can get it they'll probably win it if they can't they'll probably get beat on the feet but honestly I can't call it. I really, really can't call this one. It's um, 
this is probably a fight that you, if you want my analysis on, we'll, we'll come back to it on the betting show because if one of them is like plus 400, I will probably say, yeah, betting that one because I think they're two very evenly matched guys. Two lads are going to go out there and put it all on the line. One of them will win and one of them will lose and, and one of them will move forward and one of them will have to fight their way back towards the, uh, towards the top of that division. So very well matched fight and should be very good. Um, the Sean Sheehan people's main event stolen from Ari Thawani fight on Bellator 291 is Richie Smullen against Piotr Nijlinski. This, oh my God, this is a great fight. This is a fantastic fight. There's previous with Nijlinski. He uh, fought against uh, Pedro Carrillo, um a couple of fights ago. Um, or his last fight even back in Bellator 280. His first fight in uh, in the promotion he beat Pedro Carvalho, but a very contentious, close decision. Um, and, you know, I, I'm sure they, they, they won't say it or they, but they, they'll be looking a bit for a bit of revenge for the gym. But Richie Smullen, I was talking to a few people from SPG recently, and they, they were basically saying to me that Richie Smullen trains harder than anyone they've ever known. Like, it's very rare you hear MMA fighters saying someone else will train harder than them, if you want to put it that way. They're all, they all tend to be very hard trainers and very tough men and very, you know. But when you hear people saying that one guy stands out over the rest, you know that guy is special. Now, Richie, I think everyone has known Richie for a good while. Obviously, he had one fight in the UFC against Luis Pena after coming off of tough before that. You know, he had a, a draw with, with Reese McKee, who's the Cage Warriors a welterweight champion uh, at the moment. You know, had a couple of fights in Bellator. Bellator let go of him after he beat Harry Hardwick. You know, Harry Hardwick, who could be fighting for the Cage Warriors um, featherweight title next, possibly. Now, I have no inside information on that or anything like that. But if Paul Hughes is going to the UFC, he could be very good win there. And then he went over to RFP and won two titles of two different weight classes there, if I'm not mistaken. And now Bellator have re-signed him. He's back uh, and he's fighting in Bellator again and he has a big fight here because, you know, Richie is a good all-around fighter, but he's he loves his submissions. He's very, very good uh, on the ground. Um, last three fights have all been finishes, two uh, submissions, one arm triangle and one Kimura. And Jelinski, if, if you saw him in that fight against Pedro Carrillo, he loved to wrestle. He, liked to, he took Pedro down a couple of times, ended up winning the fight, uh, you know, basically via his wrestling and if he does that against Richie Smullen he'll have to mind himself because Richie is very very good on the ground but this is going to be a battle this is going to be like I feel like Nijlinski will get a few takedowns in this fight but he'll either have to A finish uh, Richie Smullen or B give him absolutely no chances at all because there's two things for sure here Richie is going to be dangerous off of his back in the uh, you know when the the fight's moving on the ground and did I say A or B? Did I say A or one? Okay, B or two, whichever one. He's not going to tire. Richie's a guy who could be taken down 10 times and he'll still be there in minute 14. Will his opponent be? That's a very interesting thing for me. You know, based on the wrestling and based on what happened in the Pedro fight, you know, it's hard not to put Nijlinski as the favour coming in here with the, with the Irish hat off. But uh, with the Irish hat on, Richie Smullen is no easy feat for anyone. And that's another fight I'd call straight down the middle there because I think, like, honestly, I think Richie is one of the most underrated guys. Win or lose here, it doesn't matter. I, I think he's one of the most underrated guys uh, on, the, on the European scene. A very, very good fighter now. He's fought some great guys in his uh, 12 uh, fights as a pro and uh, another very tough test here. You know, we, we see a lot of, of the, especially the SPG guys, um, 
uh, you know, going in there and fighting the best of the best. And Richie's another one of them who, who will fight anyone. So a very interesting one there. Um, the uh, Daniele Scatizzi fight. Then he is fighting uh, Dimitri uh, Herstinko, who's seven. No, Scatizzi, you know, he's fighting out of SPG as well. He's looked good um, in his last, uh, his last, you know, few fights. He fought Vladimir Tuck. I have a couple of fights. He got a tough fight, but he's won three out of four uh, outside of that. Well, you know, including that, uh, in his last four, only losing to Alfie Davis. Before that, who's one of the top fighters uh, in Bellator at the moment, beat Brian High, who's on the KSW card, funnily enough, uh, this weekend as well. Check out the preview for that, which will be out as well. Uh, but beat Davy Gallon last time out. I, I fancy Davy to, to win that fight going into it, I won't lie. Uh, and uh, Skatizi won that via decision. So another interesting one here. Be, uh, you know, I don't know too much about Demetrio. Look, was looking up uh, a bit of tape and I haven't seen a lot of him. What the bits I did see, he seemed to have good power. Um, you know, he... Uh, well, let me just look at his record here. Four, um, four knockouts in seven wins. Only once has his fight gone to a decision. So this guy is... is the, and that was, funnily enough, the last one out. But he seems to be a finisher. And uh, seems, from the bits and pieces I've seen of him, as I seen, said, I haven't seen too much. Seems to be a very, very good fighter. Um, another fight, uh, we've a couple more on, on the undercard here. As I said, I believe the Oliver Incamp uh, Palat fight is out, so we've just the two Moors left, Brian and Carl. Um, first off to, to Brian Moore, he's fighting Luca Iovine. Uh, I watched a couple of Lucas fights, you know, fights. He's been all over the place. Similar to Brian. No, Brian 15 and 9, Luca 15 and 8. And I suppose from that point of view, it makes sense in the matchmaking. I know a lot of Irish people are very, very, very disappointed that Brian Moore didn't get a shot against uh, uh, another top fighter. But, you know, if he if he doesn't take Luca seriously, it'll be an issue. And now I don't believe that for the second. Brian Moore takes uh, all opponents seriously, and he will here as well. But uh, you know, Lucas fought some very very good fighters th- down through the years, some top prospects as well. Okay, he's lost the most of them. Let's be honest. But um, Thomas Granval, um, I watched him a couple of uh, weeks ago. What card was that for? It was for the Cage Warriors card. Yeah, he fought uh, Wilson Hayes. Ended up losing that, but his fight before that, he 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 beat uh, Luke Van. He's also fought Michael Kendeo, who's in Cage Warriors and a very very good fighter. He lost to uh, Nathaniel Wood as well uh, a few years ago. But that's the level of guys that he has fought. And uh, you know Brian Moore. You know, if, if you want to see how good Luca's record is uh, in terms of who he's fought, look at Brian Moore then. Uh, he's fight, fought Jarnell Lugo, one of the top guys in, in, in Bellator, fought Nikichi Mikhailov, who everyone knows how dangerous he is. Uh, he's fought Noah Lahat, AJ McKee, arguably, you know, the best pound for pound fighter. Um, in in the promotion has fought Mick Brennan and even in the early days of his career you know he fought the likes of Andy Young and Mike Wilkinson um, you know just probably for for 20 quid and, and a bag of chips on the way home like so um, Brian Moore has fought the who's who as well a lad who made his debut 12 years ago now at this stage and I think you know there's no one in the Irish scene probably who, who has as much respect with the fans as Brian Moore has a lovely guy Great, a very, very good fighter and a guy who's constantly improved. And it feels like Brian Moore deserves a big fight, a bigger, you know, last time out he fought Arivaldo Lima da Silva, won and looked very good. The fight before that he fought Jarnell Lugo, could have won that fight. Very close contentious decision. Fight before that, Nikita Mikhailov, he spoke afterwards, you know, about the, he had issues coming into that fight mentally and all, could still have won that fight. You know, Brian Moore, could, he really, really could be on a six or seven fight winning streak here. He really could be. He's unlucky not and He's only lost the top guys. And it feels like sometimes he gets in there, good, gives a good performance, and then he's given like 
a tough guy who isn't a name on an undercard. It's like, why why does this keep happening? Why does this keep happening with Brian Moore? But the only way he get out of that is to keep winning and force force their hand. And I think that's probably going to be his thoughts coming in here again. I'd love to. I hope we hopefully we get a chance to to talk to Brian this week. But on the fight itself, forget about that for a second. I suppose on the fight itself, you know, watching some of Luca. He's a big boy, a big boy for the bantamweight division. Strong, hits hard, good wrestler. Um, I don't think he's as good an athlete as Brian. He's not definitely not uh, as fast as Brian. Um, not as accurate, not as technical. Definitely standing as as Brian Moore is, but he can. As I said, he can hit. He really, really can hit, and he can wrestle as well. And for Brian, the other side of it, then, you know, this is a guy who lives in Wexford, which is a couple of hours drive away from Dublin, does a lot of training, I think, by himself. And he and John Cavanagh in the past, I, I think I asked John actually about an interview we did last week. Um, they've spoken about how Brian's technique has improved because he's done so much training alone, you know? And um, a lot of the times, you know, maybe people would spar. He mightn't have been able to, to make a sparring outside of camp or whatever. And he would, you know, do a lot of pa- uh, maybe pad work with someone, but a lot of, um, you know, uh, speed work and a lot of, um, you know, hitting the bag type work and stuff. And it's improved his technique. And that's not talk that if you go and watch the fights, you could absolutely 100% see that. And you saw the the uh, fight, the Jornel Lugo fight, one of the most high level fights I've ever seen in Ireland anyways. Absolutely fantastic. So he's going to be able to use that. That's what he's going to want to use to beat Luca, and I think he will. I think he will win that fight. Um, then with Carl Moore, Magic Zansky fight. Oh my God, these are two big boys, two big, big, big boys. Um, so Carl Moore at the moment he's training out of SBG, and there's three big boys in SBG. Himself, Will Flory, who's fighting Amari Ekmadov coming up in the uh, light heavyweight tournament over in PFL. And in Johnny Walker, obviously, the top-ranked uh, UFC light heavyweight. And Carl is now a top-ranked uh, Bellator light heavyweight as well after beating uh, Carl Albrechtson last time out. So very, very good training, you know, for the three of them. Um, and Carl, you know, for Carl, former uh, light heavyweight champion over in Cage Warriors, fought for the heavyweight championship. Didn't fight for a while after. Came back last time, and you know a lot of people, myself included, and uh, you know we were kind of talking like, "What Carl? What's Carl going to look like? Are we a bit of? Oh, is he going to be the same and all that?" And I think he was a little bit pissed off with that, but like, I don't think people were saying that negatively. They were saying that qu- kind of questioning it. But you saw the lads, the three lads I was talking about there, all saying like, "This guy is the way he fights in the gym. If he can keep fit and produce that in, in fights." Going to be very, very hard to beat. And he showed that. An absolutely phenomenal performance. Phenomenal performance. Will Florian mentioned there, he's actually fought and lost to Rosansky uh, during the pandemic. So he knows all about him. But Rosansky, you know, he's very similar to Moore. Muscles to, to, to beat the band. These guys, I, I'd say they're both cutting a lot of weight to get down to light everywhere. That's the, I'm not sure about that, but that's the look of them anyway. Um very fast for a light heavyweight of that size. And I would say the same about Karen Moore. Really good wrestling. Loves to mix it up. Loves to train the wrestling after landing a few shots. Um, Carl, very good on the ground as well. Very good submissions. Oh, this is two big meaty men slapping meat. That's exactly what this is. This is going to be wild. I, someone's getting knocked out here. I would be uh, nearly assured of it. And if someone doesn't get knocked out, someone's probably getting taken down and either submitted or finished. This won't see the end of the fight. Not a hope. I'll eat my hat 
if DC is the end of the fight. I'll have to do the one. I already did a shoey once. I'll have, I don't know. I'll have to down a point again or something live on the show next time. Someone will have to call me up on it. Someone pushed this video. If that fight goes to decision, that's what I'll have to do that next time. But a uh, very, very good fight. To, I, and I think that'll be closing the, the prelim section of the show. So um, the main card, four fights. Uh, opened up by Kieran, Kieran Clark against Leonardo Sinis. That actually, that fight has just changed as well. I interviewed Kieran a couple of weeks ago here on Shardog. Spoke to him about, oh, you've great now, you'll be able to prepare for your opponent. Last time out, there was a late change. And I was like, touch wood, it won't happen again. And days later, it happens again. He's fighting Leonardo Sinis now. Again, another guy I haven't seen too much of. There isn't too much tape out there on him. Um, he's a guy with a lot of submissions. What I have seen, he does look like he likes to pull lads to the ground, uh, you know, and submit them. Has a few wins by rear naked choke. Seems to like that. Seems to like wrestling and, and taking uh, the back. Uh, but the, the level here is is probably a little bit of a, a step up from uh, from what he has been fighting against Kieran Clark. But for Kieran as well, he's fighting a guy here with 17 fights. He's only six fights uh, into his career. It'll be very interesting to see how he looks here. Kieran, another guy as well who, you know, takes a shot, but is well able to take a shot and comes back. Has a few wins by submission. Has a finish himself uh, with, with his uh, with his hands. I suppose a couple of fights ago against Tunkara, uh, submitted the performance Raphael Hudson last time out. But he'd be looking, I think, for a, maybe a, a cleaner win here if he can. <laughs> Look, everyone's looking for a cleaner win. No one wants to get uh, hit and hurt. I suppose the, the way he did in the last fight. So I, I think it'll be it'll be very very fun to see Karen Clark back in here again and to see and if he you know. Uh, the short notice thing is a problem it always is I suppose but uh, good and always a good fighter to open the card because he's so exciting so good fight to uh, to open the card uh, there in that one uh, the top three fights then um, we have a, a women's featherweight fight uh, a rematch between Sinead Kavanagh and Janae Harding I just watched literally before I did this I watched the, the first fight um, which ended after the first round with a cut to Sinead now I think John Kavanagh is one of the corner men who, if he had to, he'd throw in the towel. If it's a bad cut, he's no problem uh, with the fight ending. And I, I, I 100% would say that about him. I think he would be one of the best coaches in that way. And after they stopped this fight because of the cut, you could see him in the corner like kind of going like, wow, what was that about? And Big John McCarthy on commentary was saying, the doctor came in kind of half panicked, didn't give the cut man a minute to actually fix the cut, call the fight off. This is a fight that I'm all for fighter safety, but it should never have been called off a blob of, um, you know, a Vaseline in this probably would have, uh, would have helped you know maybe it would have gotten a little bit worse. I would have been half to called off, you know, a few minutes into the next round, who knows, but not for me, not for me. So, um, what happened before that in the fight was, you know, I, 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 I try not to be biased there. I thought Sinead was, was well ahead here, was the, clearly the better fighter. And a big John on commentary wasn't really agreeing with that. He said he liked what Janae was doing. But that's kind of beside the point I hear, I suppose, um, because... I think Janae has improved an awful lot since then. Now, her record is 6-7. and seven. It's not the best record in the world, but she's a damn good fighter. You know, the, the Liam McCourt fight, I suppose she got the opposite of that, where she was winning the fight, her hands were looking good, and then Leah caught her with a massive upkick, brilliant comeback, and ended up winning that fight. The Diana Silva fight then was, you know, not the best fight in the world. So, like, sometimes her hands can look very good, sometimes not so much. If she comes in here and she doesn't look great, Sinead will take her apart, I think, with the hands. But if her hands look as good as they did, at, I suppose, the early part of the Liam McCourt fight, 
you know, she has a chance against Sinead, but I think against Sinead, she's going to need to take her to the ground. She's going to need to wrestle. But then what, look at Sinead against Leah last time out. She looked very good in her wrestling. Her jiu-jitsu and all, all of her grappling and all that looked much improved. So it's not like, you know, I was talking to Sinead afterwards and she was kind of saying to me, look, some people think you, you go in and take me down and that's it. That's not the case. I mean, or she, I think she said actually in an interview beforehand, that's not the case. And she's proved herself 100% right uh, in that. You know, Sinead's record is 8-5, and five, but that that's a very, very unfair record. A very unfair record. Like that fight against Sinead Harding should have gone on. She won the, Le- I'll die in the hill that she won the Leslie Smith fight. And there was the, what was it, the Arlene Blinkow fight as well, the Ioni Rezafarian fight. Ask people who saw those fights what they think of those results. Like, literally, she has, you know, uh, what, 13 fights. She could be 12 and 1. She could, she could be 12 and 1 in those fights, genuinely. And that's more reflective of how good Sinead Kavanagh is than 8 and 5. It really, really, really is. And, um, she, look, She'll have to prove that again because nine and five looks a lot better than 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 eight and five, you know, or or, or eight and six as it might look, and then ten and five will look start to look very good again. So a couple of wins in a row here now for Sinead, back on the road, and um, you know she could be getting back on that title fight. What's Cyborg going to do? Like is Cyborg still fighting? Is Cyborg not fighting? You know, if Liam Liam McCourt's fighting uh Katzengano, let's say she wins that fight, let's say Cyborg's not fighting anymore or whatever's happening, they have a vacant belt. Liam McCourt is there. She just lost to Sinead Kavanagh. Sinead Kavanagh's coming off of a win. You know, they'd love to get a, they'd love to get a, a title fight in Ireland and be a champion in Ireland, and that's a good way to do it. Put two Irishmen in it. So that's something I could see happening down the line. But Sinead, Leah, they, they have to put the uh, the wins in there together. And, and you know, Sinead, uh, I do I fancy her to win this. I think she's uh, a top fighter. The only thing, bad injury, bad knee injury in that Liam McCourt fight hasn't been seen for uh, nearly a year now at this stage, good, or maybe it's not maybe it's not that long, but uh, it'd be interesting to see how she looks, talk to John Cavan about it he said she looked good as well, so um, very, very, very big fight there for Sinead Cavan, looking forward to that um, and in the top, sorry, it's actually five fight main guard I said, I said four, um, Peter Quigley against Bryce Hogan, look, it's an interesting fight I think it's a big mental uh, hurdle for both of these guys, Peter Quigley had the two biggest fights of his career last time out in the last two, Vincent Henderson and um, uh, Little Pitbull, as I like, to, as I like to call him, um, ended up losing both of them after beating Pitbull in the fight. Before that, it's a drop down in in quality of opponent, but also in prestige here. He's not fighting the main event anymore. He's not fighting for a title. He's not fighting the next UFC champion. Interesting to see how that mentally helps or our hearts. You know, we'll see. Um, I, I'm interested to see like. You can either say, I saw that level, I fought that level against a guy like Vincent Anderson, I need to improve to that level, or, you know, I, I think that's what Queeley will probably think, because he seems like a really mentally tough guy, but for some people, they might have thought, like, oh, well, I fought at that level, I didn't make it, where am I going to go from here, you know? And it'll be, you know, it's it's... That's a struggle that I suppose everyone in that position will have to go through, but I think Queeley is the type of guy who is mentally strong and will try to come through that. Whereas Bryce Logan, the other side of it as well, what has he lost three in a row now in Bellator? Um, he's fighting for his job here. He really is. Like, if he doesn't win this one, it's going to be very, very difficult to uh, to see him maybe keeping his job uh, in Bellator. And, you know, if, if he can't do that, it's, uh, you know, it's 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 a long road back to, to, to you know, the, the top promotions, whether it's, you know, UFC or or wherever it might be, you know, it's it's very hard to see uh, anyone getting back there. So, um, a massive fight for him mentally as well. And the fight itself, um, I think they're relatively evenly matched. I would say, um, 
I would probably I, I look. I probably think this is going to be a striking matchup, and if someone tries to take it to the ground, uh, I think it will probably be Bryce Logan. Now, Queeley. For me, Queeley doesn't wrestle enough because he can wrestle, but he just doesn't wrestle enough, I think. And, it, you know, I, I would love to see him wrestle a little bit more. And if he do, would put that in Bryce Logan, I think it could work. But I don't think it'll be a striker match. I think it'll be three rounds. It'll probably be a close decision here. Um, and in the top two, Pedro Carvalho against uh, Jeremy Kennedy and uh, Yaroslav Amasafer against Logan Storley. Obviously, P- uh, Pedro Carvalho fighting out of, um, out of SPG Ireland. Um, and, you know, he's going to get... Um, a, a big reception here fighting after Schneider fighting after P- Peter as well um, seems like he's a, he's a, he's a fan favourite now in Ireland um, and fighting Jeremy Kennedy who is you know very good fighter beat Aaron Pico last time out okay we know it was the injury and all of that um, I think the, the fight to look at here is the the Sanchez fight for uh, Kennedy a couple of fights ago Sanchez fights a little bit like Carvalho you know he um, he's a striker with power, who goes after you and lands an awful lot. Jeremy Kindy likes to wrestle, and he will try to wrestle Carvalho like he did uh, against Sanchez. I just think Carvalho, like the, the weird thing about, about Carvalho is he's only 27 years of age. Like, I remember a few years ago when he fought, um, when he fought against Sam Sassi, I think, and like, this is one of the best fighters in Ireland at the moment. That was four years ago. Four years ago, and he's still only 27. Like, sometimes we forget how young Pedro Carvalho actually is. Uh, beat Mads Burnell, who's one of the best featherweights in the world last time. I'll make no mistake about that. He absolutely is. So, like, you know, this is a very even fight. This is a top-level fight. And the winner of this, if they're not fighting for the title next, they'll only be one fight away from it. So, very, very, very interesting. Honestly, I, fa- I fancy Pedro. I fancy Pedro. I think, you know, Daniel Jinsky fight taught him a lot. Um, it was a close fight, but a tough loss and one you have to bounce back from. He did against a grappling special in Mads Brunel. I didn't think he'd win that fight. I don't. I think most people didn't think he'd win that fight, but he did. And Jeremy Kennedy is a similar type uh, type of opponent. I don't think he's good a grappler. Maybe a better wrestler, but massive fight for Carvalho. Massive fight for Kennedy as well coming into the the Lions Den. Uh, and in the main event, Yaroslav Amislav versus Logan Storley. I suppose an odd enough main event for Ireland, but a high-level, high-quality fight. And another rematch here on this card um, for the welterweight title. Obviously, Logan Storley beat MVP last time out. Amislav has been away, obviously, in the Ukraine, uh, fighting for uh, for his country and his people, uh, and comes back here with a magnificent story uh, to take on Logan Storley again. Look... Both of these guys are hard-nosed wrestlers. In the first fight, Storley tried to take Amasov down over and over and over, and he didn't have great success with it. Amasov, you know, took him down without trying half as hard. Um, Storley seemed to hit a bit harder. Amasov seemed to be um, the better technical fighter. But since then, I think Storley has improved an awful lot technically as a fighter uh, in the stand-up. Um, and I wonder if the key to this will be the fact that Amasov has been away and hasn't been training in MMA um, like he normally would be or like a you know a top-level fighter normally would be. And Storley has been fighting in uh, Kelcliffe MMA, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, top wrestler, but also like a, you know, a top wrestler in a top gym becomes a guy a lot of people want to train with, if you get me. And, you know, I'm sure the likes of Ian Gary and, and a few other lads are like, you teach me a bit of wrestling, I'll teach you a bit of striking. And they go from there. And that's where you see guys like Logan Storley improving. So, you know, Amasov, Amasov won the last fight. It was three rounds. Um, this is five rounds. 
who will that favor like it's a very very hard fight to call in that way because um you look at the first fight and you think if um if storley puts on that pace again he probably won't be able to last the five rounds but he put on a higher pace than amasov and was lasting better so i don't know i don't know on that one really i think it will favor storley honestly i would think that will favor storley but if storley doesn't wrestle as much will the the kind of the power strike that he was able to land at times well no there wasn't anything you know humongous or anything will they be as effective if amasov is able to technically fight him more in the stand-up if you get me with less wrestling an interesting matchup too look the first fight was a fight that you might think back on and think ah you know two wrestlers striking wasn't great but i went went to watch it back and it was a it was a barn barn river fight and actually really really good fight and it made me really look forward to uh to this one so it's definitely one uh well i won't be tuning in for it actually because i'll be uh i'll be sitting only a few feet away from it watching it and uh i'm really really looking forward so um, I'll have my. Uh, I'll give you my picks. I'll run through. I'll give you my picks because people. I know people do like the picks. Um, jeez. Oh, do you know what? I'm gonna go for Storley. I think Storley will win. I go for Storley. Um, I'm gonna go for Carvalho to be Kenny. I'm gonna go for Sinead Kavanagh. I, I, I'll be very biased here. I'm going for the, all the Irish people. To be I go for Sinead Kavanagh, uh, Peter Queeley, Kieran Clark. I think Kenny will win. That, look, this Karen Moore fight. I don't know who's going to win. Someone's going to get knocked out is my prediction and that one of them will. Um, I definitely think Brian Moore will win his fight. The Smolin Nijelski fight, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe. Look, they're, they're the three hardest ones to pick for me. The Carl Moore, uh, Rosansky, Nijelski, Smolin and War Shipman. They can really go either way. They can really go either way. So, Maybe, you know, if you want to give me the three non-Irish guys there, so I'm not picking all the Irish guys, I'll say that, so I don't want to go, I'll single anyone out. Uh, I think Norbert Navigny will win. Um, you know, uh, Alina Bishop, uh, Alina versus Bishop, we go for Bishop. I think Sakharam probably get the knockout. Fancy Derek Kelly as well. Uh, and then in the opening three, I think uh, Megamid Sharapov, Hill, and uh, Ajuj should get the wins there. So, a bumper edition of the preview show this time. Looking forward to the card at the weekend. Uh, let me know which fight you're excited for in the comment section below. If you have any other questions or anything, let me know down there and I will be in to answer them. If you haven't seen my interview with John Kavanagh, please check it out. It's up here on the Sherdog YouTube. If you haven't seen my interview with Kieran Clark, who's fighting on this card as well, it's also up here on the Sherdog YouTube. So please check that out. My name is Sean Sheen for Sherdog.com and I'll see you all next time.